Hola, this is your girl Blythe with guysgirl.com and radio host on 1010XL. And I know it's been a while since I've posted to the podcast, so I guess you could say that the Jaguars' loss to the Patriots in the AFC Championship game affected me a little more than I'd like to admit. No worries, though. New season, new me, and I've got a load of content coming to you starting in August. But since it's still July, we have a bonus interview with Jaguars YouTuber UCF Jag on how he got started covering the team and his lofty expectations for this coming season. If you're not already already subscribed to Guys Girl Media on YouTube, give us a follow and you can catch every 1010XL show on Tuesday nights covering the top stories in Jags, sports, and pop culture. Happy new Jag season, and I hope you guys enjoy this interview. Welcome in, guys. We are starting to do a new series here where we interview other Jaguar fans, and I have a special guest for you today, and it's UCF Jaguar. If you are a fan of the Jaguars or follow any kind of Jaguars-related news on YouTube, you've probably seen his work. I think you've exploded in sort of popularity, at least over the past year is what I've seen. So tell everybody how you sort of got started with, with doing YouTube videos covering the Jaguars. Well, I got started just because back when I was, I graduated in December of 2016 from school, uh, from college at UCF, and then really my whole life was basically like school and work. So that was really what was occupying a lot of my time. And then once I graduated, you know, it was January time and I had a lot more time on my hands. So I, I'm the kind of person that gets bored and just wants to start up something. So uh, I one day I was randomly saying, hey, Doug Rohn got hired last week. Why don't I make a video talking about that and I just started saying hey why don't I make an actual Jaguars YouTube channel so I started doing that and then it quickly gained a lot of popularity I started getting hundreds of views of my videos and those hundreds turns into thousands and then here I am a year and a half later I've uh, been able to do so much stuff met so many awesome people done so many cool things through YouTube and now I'm sitting here interviewing with Blythe so I guess it all goes downhill from here. <laughs> yeah I like to think that way just pat myself on the back a little, little bit of ego um, but outside of that you actually got started and we're in like this great if you guys can't tell we're in this great Jaguar setup I wish I could show you everything we might take some video later on but every room every spot in this house is covered with Jaguars gear and some of the gear in here was actually painted by you how did you get started with with painting Jaguars memorabilia? Well I got started painting it just because uh, Back, back in the day, I actually used to go to a lot of Jaguar training camps, and uh, I painted up this big old uh, Jaguar board that I wanted to go to the training camp and get a bunch of the players assigned. So I did that, then I got it, and a lot of people at the Jaguars practices and stuff like that were was saying, hey, that's pretty cool, you know, where'd you get that? I just said, I just painted it. So I wound up posting the the painting I did actually in like a Jaguar Facebook group and it kind of blew up. I had all these people saying, I want to buy one, I want to buy one, I want to buy one. So I said, you know, why don't I just stop doing all these stupid part-time jobs where I'm working at Panera, doing all these shitty jobs and why don't I just actually paint these for, you know, start making money from them. So I did that and then uh, I would literally go back to Jacksonville and have about eight to 12 of these paintings that were all painted up and I would just sell them so I would be able to come back to Jacksonville and make thousand dollars from these and it was a, a fun way to hustle. yeah it was a fun way to come back to Jacksonville and go to a game and also make some money as well bringing it back to your videos what's the best video you think you've ever done uh, the best video I've probably ever done uh, believe it or not the most popular videos I've made are ones where I talk about the uniforms for whatever reason mm-hmm. but the coolest one has to be when I did the MTV cribs at this place uh, me and my buddy obviously the house that we're at I just kind of said hey do you want to 
do a video at your place where I post up on channel and kind of show people what your house looks like because it's obviously super unique. You don't see anything like this anywhere else. So I did that and the video kind of blew up a lot. Of, it's got about 10,000 views. Everyone just loved it. Everyone was really jealous. I have people, you know, that come up to me and just say, you know, in the comment section, I saw you through this video and I'm not even a Jack stand, but I watch all your videos and stuff. So uh, the coolest video I did was definitely doing an MTV Cribs kind of video here. Do you have a worst video you've ever done or you've gotten done just like, oh, I could have done that so much better? The worst videos are the very first videos <laughs> I made, like the first like two or three. So I'm just sitting there. I have terrible like audio quality, terrible video quality. I'm just sitting there saying, um, like, you know, uh, talking without any enthusiasm. I'm just kind of sitting here, kind of just talking. But, you know, I've learned, I'm kind of a monotone kind of guy, that's how my voice is. So I've learned to really be able to project myself, talk a little more enthusiastically. And uh, when I watch my first videos, I still have them up there. A lot of people do like to delete them, but I have them up just so. I can go back and kind of look at where I've come from. Exactly. It's always good to go back and critique it. I wish I could sort of delete from the internet all the past work that I've done. But then you can actually see yourself grow. So it, it, it sort of works out for the best, I think. So you, I've seen you starting to experiment with other different platforms outside of YouTube. Uh, YouTube is, is obviously the behemoth when it comes to, to broadcasting videos. But you're starting to do more live streaming. You're starting to go on Instagram more. Is that where you're going to be focused more this coming up season? Or how do you sort of strategize? Yeah, well, I start off, you know, I've had a Twitter since I started up. But um, with me with Twitter, I try to tweet a lot, but it's not really my thing. I, I work over 40 hours a week, so I don't have time to sit there on my phone and tweet a lot. But I do like Instagram a lot because I can post about five times a week. I like the platform. I uh, just like showing off, not showing off, but like posting stuff in picture format. And then also one thing I really want to do this upcoming season is start doing live streams more because I feel like live streams are something that a lot of people like to do. So I'm going to start every away game or Jaguar games I don't go to. I will be actually live streaming oh, reactions cool. and doing play-by-play -play kind of stuff. And then also I found out a new format where I can actually do call-in shows. So I'll actually have people uh, call in. I'll do it in the middle of the week so people can actually air any kind of grievances they want. <laughs> uh, just kind of get, because I've had a lot of people say, you know, I'd love to be able to be featured on your channel. And this is really the way to do it because I know me living out in Orlando, I don't have many people to talk Jaguars to. And then when I've actually done these, I have people from all over the place, people from California. I've had like British Columbia people call. So really just people all over. So I feel like this is a really cool way to come out there and uh, be able to share your opinion about the Jaguars. Now, you, you mentioned earlier that you work a full-time job and then you're also creating these videos on the side. How do you sort of come up with the topics that you're going to be covering? Is it just the biggest storylines coming out from the weekend or, or is it just it, when inspiration hits you? How do you sort of fit it into your daytime job? Well, it's basically, I'll just do any kind of news that's coming out, like what, whatever's going to be hot. Obviously, when free agency comes about, what positions are our biggest need, uh, draft, do different mock drafts. And then uh, during the season, it's pretty easy. I can do previews. I can do games recaps I can do different film room videos for the weekend um, it's easy during the season but really um, off season luckily with the NFL calendar it gives you a lot of time a lot of opportunity to come up with a lot of different a lot of different kinds of videos so uh, you know obviously after the Super Bowl a month later you have free to see the month after that you have the draft and then you have a little time to talk about that but now it's July it's kind of dead but I can come up with about 10 to 12 different videos just by doing position preview kind of stuff. So uh, those videos are always kind of fun to come up with. Now, switching it to on the field action, as far as this upcoming season is concerned, where do you think the weakest part of this team is? Uh, the weakest part of this team, I would say, is probably, 
I'd probably have to say the tight end position just because this was a position that the Jaguars did try to grab in the draft. However, when you try to draft best available player, you can't be reaching for guys. And that's basically what Tom Flynn alluded to. He said that we had a couple tight ends on a board, but uh, really it just wasn't available a good opportunity to really come up and grab it. But when you look at the Jaguars' really depth chart, there's not really many weaknesses. We don't have any. We shored up the offensive line a little bit. Uh, you know, Cam Robinson's coming into his second year. Uh, wide receiver, we have a bunch of good players, maybe not any super, super great players yet that have really, um, you can really put in that great category. Then obviously our defense is stacked. You know, maybe we have a little bit of depth issues at linebacker or at safety or cornerback. But really, I mean, if I were to put one position as a weakness, I'd probably have to say tight end. As far as wide receiver is concerned, you mentioned that there isn't really somebody that, that stands out, but if somebody were to fill the shoes of an Allen Robinson or, or, or past you know, star wide receivers for the Jaguars, who do you think it is this year? Um, really, when I look at it and I see kind of the OTA tape, I see that Blake Bortles is throwing a lot to Dante Moncrief. And, you know, he's out here on a one-year deal. He's obviously on a prove-it uh, kind of year for him. And, you know, when you get these one-year prove-it contracts, they want to show out. But I think... Bortles likes his big targets. Obviously, he'd like to throw to Al Robinson a lot. We never really had that big target last year, but uh, I really think that Dante Moncrief, if he stays healthy, he's going to have all the opportunity in the world to really be that number one guy before maybe like a DJ chart uh, later on kind of replaces him in that x wide receiver position. And we had the news of Dante Fowler getting suspended for the first game of the regular season. That news dropped uh, just Friday uh, this week. Now, how do you think that that affects his relationship with the Jaguars moving forward? Because it, there was rumors that he was going to be traded in the offseason, and now it's, it's, it's sort of left to be seen if what's going to happen to him. Yeah, I mean, I've been saying kind of for a while that I don't think Dante Fowler will be re-signed, and it's not because he's necessarily like a bad player or anything like that, but we have a lot of money. We have a lot of really good players on the defense. We've already dished out a lot of money, and Yannick Ngakwe being driving him in the third round, he's been that premier guy. He's been the kind of player that almost makes Dante Fowler not replaceable, obviously, um, you know, in upcoming seasons. And he, they declined the fifth-year option, and history kind of shows you that after they decline this option, usually they don't re-sign for new contracts. And um, Dante Feller, he's a great player. I mean, he got eight sacks last year in a, in a backup role, in a third-down kind of pass rushing specialist role. And then uh, I really think that Dante Feller, there's going to be a team that wants to play him at a high price because obviously pass rushing defenses in are – hard to come by. You know, it's a premier uh, cornerstone kind of position. So I think Dante Fowler will ultimately outprice us and uh, we're going to, you know, re-sign Yannick Ngakwe when the time comes. So with Blake Bortles and your handle being UCF Jag, you've obviously been following Blake Bortles for a while throughout his entire career, I would imagine. So for those who aren't the biggest fans or aren't the biggest believers in Blake so far, explain to the audience why you think that they should sort of change their opinion on him. Well, with Blake Bortles, I really think that there was a lot kind of working against him toward the beginning of his career. Now, one thing that he did say was at UCF, things came to him a lot easier. Like, he was able to kind of like party during the week and go out on uh, Saturdays to really be able to show out. But um, he's got a lot of, you know, good intangibles. I mean, he's a really tough player. Uh, he's obviously a team player. And uh, really with him... In 2016, I think he had a big step back just because the offensive coordinator, Greg Olson, told him, you know, I don't want you working with your mechanic coaches. I want you staying in Jacksonville and working with your receivers. So, you know, Blake Bortles, obviously, he listened to his offensive coordinator, and that really wound up hurting him. And Greg Olson got fired, uh, you know, four or five games into the season. But you saw last year he went back. Uh, worked with his guys out in California, uh, refined his mechanics, and obviously the season was a little shaky to start off, but 
Uh, just the fact that he was able to finish off the year that he did, I believe in like the last eight games, if you include the playoffs, he only had really three interceptions in about two or three of those games. So he literally did exactly what the coaching staff wanted him to do. I thought he started playing really excellent. And even like the first three quarters of that, uh, the game against the Patriots, he played one of, a few of his best quarters of his career. And obviously all off all during the season, you're going to say, oh, the Jaguars are a good team, but they have Blake Bortles. Blake Bortles is going to be holding them back. But um, you know, Blake Bortles, I thought he did really well when it comes to like overcoming the haters. And really, you saw a quarterback like Blaine Gabbert not be able to overcome the adversity. And I thought Blake Bortles did. And really, just going into next season, I think that he's going to have his best season, you know, to date. Well, speaking of his best season to date, that would correlate to the rest of the squad. So, what's your prediction as far as the Jaguars, their overall record this year, or, or how, how far they get in the playoffs? Well, with the overall record, I don't, my, my idea with the Jaguars is, Get into the playoffs. I don't care what your record is because once you get into the playoffs, you're going to be a zero and zero team, and then you know every team starts from scratch. I mean, you saw the Pittsburgh Steelers; they have a 13 and three record, but they went 0 and 1 in the playoffs. It doesn't get you anywhere. But uh, I really hope that the Jaguars can, you know, maybe finish with like you know 11 and five or something like that along that range. Get another home field playoff game because that was freaking awesome. But you know, the Jaguars with a great defense and being able to control a game through a run game and. Hopefully being able to open up the playbook for Blake Bortles next year. Uh, I thought when they opened it up for him and not handcuffed him, he played a lot better. So uh, really, I have Super Bowl expectations for the Jaguars, and I really think that it's Super Bowl or bust for the team. Ooh, Super Bowl or bust, you heard it here. So we're, for fans who maybe have not followed your channel yet or, or find you on social media channels, where can they find your work? Uh, they can find me on YouTube. Just type in UCF Jaguar. I'll be the first thing that pops up. Got a little over like 3,000 subscribers, so that's all going really well. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at UCF underscore Jaguar. Uh, I try to you know post on Twitter and really trying to build my Instagram up because that's where I want to put like a lot of my focus. But you can find me on both those things. Feel free to reach out to me, whether it be like on Twitter, Instagram, or whatever, and I'll answer any kind of question or uh, anything you want to do. So that's where you can find me. And Slide into his DMs. Know it. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for joining me, and uh, hopefully this will be the first of many collabs for this upcoming Super Bowl Jaguars team. Thank you guys for tuning in, and we'll be back with another video very soon. Go Jags. <laughs>